Welcome to the Venture Church Podcast of Venture Church in South Mississippi. Find out more about us at VentureChurch.org. Hey, we're so glad to connect with you. And I want to tell you, if you're like me, these days have been simply crazy. When you think about all that's going on around us, the reality that they canceled a March Madness uh, basketball. I mean, like, you got to be kidding me. That's a one week, two weeks out of the year. I really look forward to cancel baseball. I mean, it just keeps going. You know, they cancel school. I mean, this is incredible. They, they cancel the toilet paper aisle. I mean, you can't find toilet paper anywhere. And this is just crazy. But I want to tell you a secret. There is one person that was not taken by surprise and that is God. And you say, well, how do you know that? Well, I know that because of the cross. When you look at the cross, and this is Easter season, I know it didn't feel like it. Uh, this is the week before Easter, Palm Sunday, and uh, many of you are like, hey, it didn't feel like Easter. It is Easter. 55 prophecies about the cross. I mean, the reality is God has all these things planned. He is working in ways that you and I cannot understand. And the thing I love about Easter is that on Easter, get this, Jesus didn't make Easter all about him. He made Easter all about you. Now, when I started thinking about that and the climate that we're in, I thought, man, that is so good that Jesus made the time that's really all about him, all about you, so that during this season, you could make it all about him and not about you. Uh, This is a time for serving. Jesus got that. I mean, Jesus is God, okay? He's the son of God. And he said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve And to give my life as a ransom for many people. And that's what's happening in our community. It's amazing what's going on. You think the medical community, not just the doctors and nurses, uh, all the people in the administration and how they're putting their lives on the line for you to serve you, the food service industry, not just the restaurants. I mean, the people that are working at the grocery stores and stocking uh, the shelves for you. I stopped at Hardee's. I uh, had to go grab my grandkids and I went through Hardee's and this little girl, she kind of, she brought, gave me my food. And I started thinking about her. Here she is, a young girl making $7.25 an hour, $1,100 a month, $19,000 a year. And you're going, you got to be kidding me. I mean, this young lady is serving us, the public officials. I mean, it keeps going on and on with regard to the number of people that are there for us. And during this season, we need to be there for them. And so I want you to get that. I want you to start thinking about, hey, uh, it's not about here I am. It's there you are. All this is not about me. It's what God wants to do in my life during this time when so many things around us has been pushed pause in our life. And let me give you a little secret. The glue that's going to hold this all together is four words. And, And these are words you can remember. And they're real simple. Love God, love others. Love God, love others. And so as we roll into talking about Jesus' prayers on the cross, let me tell you a little secret, and this hurts me, okay, so I'm right there with you. Jesus never complained. And when you read about what Jesus said on the cross, Jesus never complained one time. He, said, he never said, my feet, my hands. He never said, I can't believe this kangaroo court. He never said, I can't believe these soldiers that beat me and spit on me. He never, he never did that. Hey, have you complained like I have? 
I'm bored. I'm tired. I can't believe we can't go do that. I can't believe they closed that down. I mean, Jesus never did that. His prayers on the cross, it's not to make you feel bad. I'm just telling you. I mean, I've been the same way. But Jesus' prayers on the cross, I mean, we talked about, you know, the, the first prayer he prayed when he is talking about, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He is talking about Scripture. He's quoting Scripture. He's witnessing to a guy on the cross where he says, hey, today you'll be with me in paradise. And today we're going to talk about how he's confessing his need for the Father, and it's the same need you have. And this is found in John's Gospel, chapter 19. I want to read it. It'll come up on the screen. If you want to get your Bible, go to your app, Venture Church app. You can read it as well in chapter 19, beginning verse 25. Near the cross, Jesus stood with his mother, stood his mother, his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene, and when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, that's John, it's the way he uses that to express himself, he said to her, woman, here's your son, and to the disciple, John, here's your mother. From that time on, the disciple took her into his home, and later, knowing that everything had now been finished so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I'm thirsty and a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and they lifted it to Jesus' lips. And when he had received the drink, it had gotten near his lips, he said, it's finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Now, I want to talk about the two words that he used in his prayers. See, prayer is just simply talking to God and listening to God. And, and I want to talk about what he said when he said, he said, I thirst. And you're like, well, of course he, thir- you know, he was thirsty. I mean, like, how are you going to make a sermon out of that? It was hot. He was being crucified. No, no, no. He, Jesus had never complained about anything up to this point. I know he's not complaining about he is thirsty. Jesus is saying when, when you're cut off from God, and this is where he was, he's saying when you're cut off from God and you don't have a relationship with him, he says there is something in your soul that makes you thirst because you feel empty. See, we were created by God and for God. And when you and I try to find anything else in life to fill that void that was meant for God alone, we're going to be thirsty. And that's what he's talking about. I mean, the beautiful thing, if I can say that word with the coronavirus, is that everything that you and I have always leaned into to somehow fill our lives or to quench our thirst those things have been slowly peeled away. I mean, it's the beauty of what's going on here is God's like God's saying, all those other fountains you've gone to to kind of refresh your soul, I'm going to slowly peel those away and let you see that there's more to life than the things that you've been depending on and the fountains you've been drinking of because I'm going to leave you with just one fountain and you're going to find that that is me. That the only person that can really quench the thirst in your soul is Jesus Christ. So, so let me give you some of these false fountains, and I want you to see if you can relate to this. Because, because these things, like, like you need to understand, Jesus for your soul is like water to your body. 
You, you can go about four days without water before your insides begin to burn up and your, your organs begin to shut down. You can go 21 days without food before you die. I can't go 21 minutes. And, and, but the reality is you need water for your body. And, and Jesus is going to kind of show us here, you need God. You need Christ for your soul. So, so here's some things the Bible shows us and says, hey, if you're not careful, you'll try to fill your soul with these things and it will leave you thirsty. Let me give you the first one, and it's the easiest one. It is success and status. In the parables, if you remember about the Bible, if you don't, Jesus tells a great story. And it's about a rich man who had all the status. He had all the success. He had all the power. Uh, he was bougie. He had it rolling. And then he separated from God, and when he separated from God, he says something that's very unique. Because in Luke chapter 16, as he separated from God, he looks up and sees the poor guy, Lazarus. You know, he's kind of the guy that's the, the homeless guy by his gate. And he looks up and he says, hey, hey, send him, send him down here to give me a little cup of water because my tongue's on fire. Do you get it? He says, I'm burning up. See, when you put anything into your soul to really fill you other than God, you're going to find that your soul is parched. And, and here's a guy, he's been sucking on the straw of power and success and status, and he's still doing it. See, that is the crazy thing. If you're not careful, you'll never figure this out. We've been given a great gift in the coronavirus to stop and think about the things in our life that we have filled our lives with that has never really quenched our spirit and quenched our soul. And here he is. He's separated from God. He's still commanding people. He's still telling people what to do. I mean, power is his thing. I mean, he's ordering him around. He's going, hey, send him down here. Hey, hey, tell the help. Tell that guy to get down here and help me because I'm, I'm a little thirsty. I've still got my power. Send him down here and just, just touch my tongue with some water. Listen, I want to tell you something that's so important, and you're going to get to see this. During this time where all these things are stripped away from you, that when you come into life, before you come to know Jesus, before you've been transformed by him, I'm going to kind of split this up for you, and you really can't do this, but it's the best illustration I can come up with. You basically have the world that presses you. We all have that. You've got the flesh that causes you to crave and you've got a soul that's thirsty. Now, now look at that because for every person before they come to know the Lord, before they have an experience with Christ and are changed, that's what they look like. And, and their spirit is never filled. Their spirit is always thirsty because but, but the flesh will do that to you. Hey, you got to have this, you got to have this, you got to have this, and you're always still thirsty. The world says, you got to have that, you got to have that, you got to have that, and you're still thirsty. But when you come to know the Lord, something happens. For the first time, things change. It's not just the world presses. It's not just your flesh craves or your soul is thirsty. You have the spirit of God in you that directs you to places where you can go and you can get your soul quenched. That's the huge difference. And this is kind of the story of the Bible. Until you come to know Jesus, until he changes you, you don't have the spirit of God in you to direct your life to the areas that can really quench your deepest thirst. And a lot of us have found out in the last few weeks that success and status and power can be taken away just like that. Stock market has been doing this, boom. 
And the reason you shouldn't jump out of a window if you're losing a lot of money is that that doesn't define you. That will never satisfy you. Listen, it's not about money. It's not about power. It's not about what you drive or where you live or who you're with. It's about Jesus Christ coming in down deep in your soul to quench your deepest thirst. And, and he's peeling that away. He's also peeling away security and relationships. And you know this if you've been doing the social distancing. It's funny how at home I've told Alicia, hey, you don't do this at home. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean I'm like, hey, you don't have to be six feet away at home. We go, no, yeah, we need to be six feet away. I said, I know we're here a lot alone together, but you don't have to be six feet away. Yeah, we're starting to realize, hey, hey, you can't depend on relationships because they may not always be there. Like a person is not going to like meet your deepest need. And Jesus talked about this. We're all the way back to John chapter 4. And he sees a lady. He's at a well. You know the story if you've read the Bible. He's at a well and a lady comes at noon because, you know, she didn't want anybody else to see her because she's got a bad reputation because she's been looking at all these areas to get her deepest needs met. And she comes to the well and Jesus says, hey, would you give me something to drink? I love Jesus. And, and she simply says, hey, hey, you don't, have a, you, you don't have a bucket. How are you going to get water? He goes, no, I want to give you water that if you drink of it, you will never thirst again. And she's like, give me this water. And he says, go call your husband. Jesus is so cool. And she simply says, hey, I don't have a husband because I know you've had five. And the one you're with now, it's not doing it for you. Jesus is saying, listen, no person can, can meet your deepest need. No, no person can quench your deepest thirst. He says, you need a relationship with me. You're burning up on the inside. This is not a caustic thing for Jesus to do. It's the kindest thing he could possibly do to say no person, no relationship, having a man, having a husband, it's not going to meet your deepest need. That can only be met in Jesus. Listen, I, 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 know, I, I know it's frustrating. I, I, I know it's hurtful. I, <clears throat> I have family that's in another country, and, they, and we've been trying to get them out, and the border's closed, and they can't get out, and they can't come. And, and, and I love my family more than you can ever imagine, but it hasn't crushed me. You know why? Because they're not gods. They're not gods. They can't meet my deepest needs and neither can any other person listen if you put that on anybody in your life your husband your wife your kids your grandkids you will crush them and God is slowly peeling the layers off and then we get to the social systems and this is where I think it's kind of, I think it's humorous the social systems of, of religion and sports Someone has said that if this happened during football season the SEC would have already figured out a vaccine they're probably right but none of the social systems can meet your deepest needs. And what has happened for the first time, all of our activities and all of our busy schedules are being pulled back so that we're all alone and we're having to sit down and we realize not even religion can meet your deepest needs because you can't get to the building. And religion is all about going to a place. Religion is all about a church. Religion is about all about what you do. In John chapter 3, God comes to Jesus. He's a religious guy. And he's talking to Jesus. He says, I know that you're a teacher come from God. Nobody can do these things unless he comes from God. And Jesus cuts him off and says, you've got to be born again. You've got to be born of water and of spirit. 
And Nicodemus has been drinking from that dry cup of religion all these years. And Jesus is saying, I've got something that will quench your thirst. I've got more for you. Listen, religion is nothing more than a quid pro quo. It's you, you do this and you do that and you do this, and then God has to do that. And now, now you're in a pickle because you can't even get to a building. You can't do all your religious traditions. God is saying, you don't need those. It's not you do the religious thing and God has to bring his bling. It's the reality that, that you have him in your life. He goes with you. You are the temple of God. It's not about religion. It's about relationship. And sports, we've not even gotten to sports. Listen, in all of our communities, it doesn't matter where you are, there's a social system that says you need to be in this league, you need to be in that league, you need to be in travel ball, you need to make sure you go to that practice, and we are so busy, we don't realize we're burning up our marriages, we're burning up our kids, our souls are parched. And for the first time, we've been able to just kind of push pause and think about our marriages and think about our kids. And think about our souls. Listen, this is a chance of a lifetime. You say, man, you're sick. I know I am. This is a chance of a lifetime for you to think about what matters in your life. To realize when, when your 401k is peeled back to 201L, when, when all of a sudden your relationships, you, you, you can't be with people that you, that you want to be with, all of a sudden, the social systems around you and all the things you love to do, man, you can't do them anymore. You're left to ask a lot of questions like, well, what's left? And, and I found one thing. I thought, well, what else is left? I mean, when you peel all that away, the success and the security and, and, and the systems are going and going and going and going, there, there's one last thing that's left, and that's where you are right now. It's shallow self-gratification. It's like, hey, I'm so nervous. Hey, hey, I'm so jittery. I, I, I don't know what I'm going to do and, and, and where, where will I turn? And, 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 and I feel inside of me there's something wrong and, and I'm afraid and, and, and I'm thirsty. And you turn to a lot of things that are like a strange brew that you go to for in the moment to make you feel good. For something, I could go do a hundred of these things. It could be alcohol and drugs. In all fairness to people that are addicted, I get it, man. I get the idea of going to something and feeling numb, going to something and feeling like I'm going to be okay for a little while. The problem is it doesn't last. It wears off, and you come back to more and more, and all of a sudden it enslaves you. For some people, it's food. For me, it's food. I mean, like, hey, when I'm watching, like, CNN and all the doomsdayers, all I want to do is eat junk food. Man, it just feels good. It just feels right. I don't know how many, how many pounds I've gained, but it just feels like, hey, hey, this is going to be okay. And I don't, I, I, I don't, I eat to live. I live to eat. And, like, like in that moment, that's something I go to. Listen, for some, it's, it's pornography. It's looking at people and think, thinking of them as things. Something to be consumed, a way to, to kind of check out of reality. And, and, and man, you, you could do this all day. For some, it's entertainment. I've got Fortnite. I, I, I've got, you know, I, I've, got, I've got Netflix. I've got Hulu. I've got, I've got stars. I'm, I'm streaming. I, I'm, I'm looking. And, and before you know it, you've numbed yourself out. 
And if this goes on long enough, you'll have time to think about there's something missing deep inside you. God said it this way through Jeremiah chapter 2, verses 13. Verse 13, he says, my people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water. Here we go about water again, the spring of living water. And they have dug dry wells, ditches, that's my interpretation, that can't hold water. That's what Jesus is saying on the cross. When Jesus says, I thirst, you know what he's saying? He's saying, I, 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 I need you to know, Father, that, that I, there's nowhere else I can go and, and get my deepest soul thirst quenched but to you. And that's all of us. That's all of our prayers. Like there's nowhere else we can go. And right now, before everything gets back to normal, you've got an opportunity to think about your life, think about what matters, think about what Jesus is saying to you. He's saying you will always thirst unless you have a relationship with God. He's quoting Psalm 22. He's all the way back to quoting Scripture where he says, I'm being poured out like water. He's saying, my God has made me lie down in the dust. He's saying, I'm making this all about you. He says, I'm going to get the desert and you can get the oasis. He's saying, I want you to be filled. I want your soul thirst to be quenched. He's saying, I'm being separated so that you can be held close. Paul said it this way in Galatians 6, 14. He says, I will glory in the cross where the world is crucified to me and I to the world. He says, nothing in this world, nothing in this world compares to what Christ does for me because what he did for me on the cross, he said, I am bringing you near the Father. I, I am going to quench your soul. He says, the thing, the thirst that you have deep inside of you, he says, I'm going to meet that. And only in a relationship with Jesus Christ can that soul thirst be quenched. And here's the thing, and I, I, I'm going to kind of go some of you, that sounds kind of rough. Listen, <clears throat> when you put Jesus first, you've got margin to have these other things. It's just not ultimate things. When, when Christ is the center of your life, when you invite him to come into your life, yeah, you can have success. And there's nothing wrong with being successful. You should be successful. That, that's a, but it's not your life. It, it doesn't define your relationships. Man, you ought to have a relationship with somebody. It ought to be good. Your marriage ought to be good. But it doesn't define you. It won't meet your deepest thirst. The, you ought to be involved in sports. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? But it can't be first. You ought, to go, you ought to enjoy good food. I mean, good food is great, you know? But it shouldn't define you. You say, well, how do I get all of this? How, how do I make sure that, that I can have my deepest soul thirst quenched? And it's by a relationship with Jesus Christ. You say, well, I know the Lord. I've got that. I did that when I was little. Can I, can I tell you something? I was thinking about this as I was thinking about the message today. And, and I was thinking about Kobe Bryant. I love Kobe Bryant. I don't know, man. He was one of the greatest. I think LeBron was better. But that's for another time. And... Um, it was only two months ago that Kobe died, and, and it seems like now, forever ago, I hadn't heard anybody talking about Kobe. Everybody's been so terrified. 
But when I watched that and I watched the service and I watched all the like ESPN things on him and I was glued to the TV, man, I was kind of in tears. You know, I really, you know, him and his daughter and a lot of people were killed in a helicopter crash. And I was watching all these people flock to the Staples Center and they were wearing his jersey and they were putting flowers out and they were, they were crying and they were broken. Man, you could feel the despair. And I thought, here's the unusual thing about that. None of them knew Kobe. Except his family and his teammates and a few friends. They only knew about him. What they had seen on the screen, the highlights from ESPN, the fact that they knew he was a great player, but they didn't know him. Listen, this is your opportunity. When everything is peeled back, that you look in your soul and you say, hey, do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Has he really changed my life? Has he put his spirit in me so it can direct me in the areas that I need to go so that my soul's thirst can be quenched? This is what Jesus said. He said, I am the living water. He who drinks of me will never be thirsty again. This is what he says in the book of Revelation. He says, let him who is thirsty come. Let him who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. Listen, friends, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. When everything in your life is being peeled back, to take a look inside of you and say, hey, what am I, what am I going to? What am I using to quench the real thirst in my life. And if it's anything other than a relationship with Jesus Christ first, then you're going to be thirsty. In the end, you're going to be broken. And if you're not careful, you'll come out of all this in worse shape than you've ever been because you'll be so hungry for those things that you left. You'll think, that's what's wrong with me. That's the emptiness in, inside of me. I've not had access to these things. And you'll come out of all this when everything goes back to normal and you'll roll into these things harder than you ever have before. And they're going to break you. And they're going to hurt you. It's going to hurt the people that you love. Because when you peel back all the layers of your life, what you're going to realize and find is all that you ever needed is a relationship with Jesus Christ. That He can quench the deepest thirst of your soul and he offers that to you as a free gift, man. It's a free gift. That when you confess your sins and you invite him to come into your life, he changes you from the inside out. And man, it's no longer about a building. We only go to be with other people to get encouraged. It's not about a building because you are the building of God. Invite him into your life. Use this time to get right with the Lord and go to another level. Father, we thank you. We honor you. We love you. And God, we thank you that in the middle of all of this peeling back in our lives, that we can see maybe for the first time that all we've ever needed is you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Thank you for joining us for the Venture Church Podcast. To find a campus near you, check out VentureChurch.org.